0: During Sound Action Podcast. I'm the host, Brother Chris Roberts Sr., and I just want to thank you again for tuning in. I know it's been some time, but we're back, and uh, hopefully we'll have a more regular podcast. But without further ado, let's start this like we always do with the word of prayer. Thank you for your presence. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your word. Lord God, we ask that you open the ears of our heart. Lord God, let us get an understanding, Lord God, in all our getting. Lord God, in these things we pray in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. So for my listeners on the podcast, uh, we are actually recording live right now on Facebook. And so this is kind of a simulcast, if you will. Uh, the podcast, and then Facebook Live. So if you're my f- friend on Facebook, you can go back and watch this. Um, but what I want to talk, what today's topic will be about is called Choose Ye This Day. And let's go ahead and grab the scripture. The first scripture I want to grab is actually a revelation. And <clears throat> many teachers, many churches, they don't start out in revelation. But when you know and understand the word, You have no fear, no fear of where to start in the word, even in Revelation, according. All right. So in the book of Revelation, chapter three, and we'll start at verse 14. And just to set the backdrop in Revelations, chapter three, this is, of course, John writing, but he's writing what Jesus uh, is telling him. And Jesus uh, is telling him what to write to the seven angels of the different churches in or of these cities. And chapter three, verse 14, Jesus says, And unto the angel of the church of the Laodiceans write, These things saith the amen, the faithful and the true witness, the beginning of creation of God. I know thy works, that thou art neither hot nor cold, I would that thou wert hot or cold. So then because thou art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. And again, this is Jesus talking to the angels or the pastors of the church in Laodicea. And if you read uh, these chapters, this is actually the last church that Jesus addresses. And in each um, situation, He usually gives a praise and he gives a rebuke. However, for the Laodiceans, uh, he he, he starts off by saying who he is. He's the true witness. He's the beginning of the creation of God. And then he goes right into the rebuke. He says, because thou art lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, I will spew thee out of thy mouth. And again, this is a very familiar passage of scripture. We know like the Ephesians, uh, they left their first love. Uh, the Philadelphians. Uh, he actually had no rebuke for them, but that's the, the Philadelphia means brotherly love. But here in Laodicea, when talking about neither being neither hot nor cold, he goes right into them and says, I will spew thee out of thy mouth. This tells me this is something that Jesus dislikes. This is something he hates. He says, because thou sayest, I am rich and increased with goods, and have need of nothing, and knowest now that, that thou art wretched, and miserable, and poor, blind, and naked. So he ascribes all these things because they are not choosing which side they want to live on. Again, I'm going to wrap this into something that's relevant to today. Um, let's again go to another very familiar passage of scripture, uh, the book of James. Let's go a couple of books down. book of James chapter 4 verse 4. He says, ye adulterers and adulteresses, know ye not that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. And that word enmity actually means enemy. It means a hated one. It means Satan in in some cases. Um, So if you're calling yourself a friend, or if you're saying you have friends out in the world, and we all have quote-unquote friends that are, in the, that are not saved or we would call the world. And again, um, this is worth defining too. The word, the word world is the Greek word cosmos. It's the way that things are set up, the system. Um, it's anything that's not of God, basically, the church system. The church has a way of doing things, and the world has a way of doing things. And again, our way of doing things should always be rooted and grounded in the word. Again, I I don't want to get into this dogma or religious uh, practices of how long your skirt should be, what you should do on a Saturday, where you shouldn't go. That's not what I'm speaking to. Tonight, we're talking about being a friend of the world and choosing a side. When God saved you, he saved you with a purpose. Uh, that word in, in St. John chapter 14, uh, when Jesus talks about sending the promise of the comforter, that word comforter, he says, which is the Holy Ghost, is the paracletos. It's what comes with your clatos, your calling. So when he saved you, he saved you with a purpose. In John chapter 17, just before Jesus is to be uh, betrayed by Judas and he goes to the garden to pray, in that prayer, he, he he's saying to God that he wants us, his disciples, to be followers or to be followers of him and to be in him as he is in God. And that we are to be in the world, but not of the world. In his earthly ministry, if we go to Matthew chapter six and again, in Matthew chapter six is where you'll find what we call the Lord's Prayer. And in here he defines A lot of things of what a hypocrite would do and what a non-hypocrite would do. And if we go to verse 24, Jesus says, No man can serve two masters, for he will either hate one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. Ye cannot serve God and mammon. So it's impossible. It's impossible for us to call ourselves Christian, to call ourselves saved, and we're still looking like we're still doing the things of the world. And I know a lot of people will say, oh, quit judging, quit whatever, you know, but to me, this is the word of God. I'm, I'm just trying to share the word of God here. I'm not trying to put anybody in heaven and I'm not trying to put anybody in the lake of fire. It's all written right here in God's word. Now, if we can agree that God's word is the infallible word of God. That this Bible, the King James Version, the Authorized Version, 66 books, 1,189 chapters, 31,102 verses. If we can agree on these things, then I think we have a foundation to discuss. Again, you, those of you out there on Facebook Live, feel free to post any comments or questions that you have on the topic. Now, there was something... That I wanted to share, and like I said, uh, in more recent news, uh, there was a video of Kirk Franklin, and we know Kirk Franklin. I grew up with Kirk Franklin, and he was really an inspiration to me in my teens. He was a uh, young black and saved. You know, he was pop- pumping the crowd up, hyping the crowd up. He had he had songs that 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 uh, espoused the word. He had songs that sang the word. Where the spirit is. Where the spirit of the Lord is there is liberty. I had never heard that scripture at that time. That came out in 1996 or so. I was 17. I had never heard that scripture. So it forced me to look it up, Second Corinthians. Where the spirit of the Lord is there is liberty. And Melodies from Heaven. We know his song list, Silver and Gold. It's literally the playlist of the black church. All right? It's the soundtrack of the black church. But we know sometime around that same time, Right after What You're Looking For came out, he decided, and he wrote this in a book, he decided that he was going to merge the gospel and hip-hop worlds for whatever reason. He didn't want to be in it and not of it. He just wanted it to be. And he was mixing the hot with the cold. You know, putting Lil' Kim in songs, putting R. Kelly in songs, Bono, Mary J. Blige. And I have no problem with these people being in gospel songs. I don't, but they're in an unrepentant state as far as we can tell. And all we can judge is by what how they live their lives outwardly. These are public figures. And we know for a fact that they're not living biblical principles because we can see them in the public, all right? So here's a video of a guy uh, rebuking Kirk Franklin. Uh, I guess he's on his way to a concert but this is uh, after the BET Awards, okay? He's rebuked by a street preacher. And I think the most amazing thing about this is that Kurt even engaged the guy to begin with, okay? So I'm gonna go ahead and pick this up and uh, I'm gonna go ahead and play it for you guys and then we'll discuss on the other side.
1: You didn't stand up at the BET Awards and say, Hey guys, Jesus is coming back soon and the Bible says in the book of Revelation that the blood will be up to the horse's bridle because the blood of the sinners and no one's warning people. The Bible says your prophets were false because they did not warn you of the sin that leads you to calamity. Now you didn't believe that I said Jesus is Lord at the BT Awards. That's not enough, sir. The Bible says, "If you, if I say to the wicked, you shall surely die, and you don't warn them, their blood is on your hands." You got a lot of people at the BT Awards that have you got a lot of blood on your hands, sir. You got a lot of blood on your hands. That's what I'm here to tell you. You you got a lot of blood on your hands. Like now, do you think that this is the right way to share with me that I'm not doing what you believe in Jesus? You, you, you're not listening in the churches. The Bible says wisdom cries aloud in the open streets. How do you know I'm not listening to preachers? How do you know that Your I'm not preachers are drunk with wine of Babylon? Have you read to the Book of Revelation? They're drunk with the wine. You're saying that every preacher I talk to is drunk with wine. Well, if they, if you, if the preachers that you talk to were not drunk with wine, you know what they would tell you? What would they tell you? When you me? go to the BET Awards, rebuke, rebuke. Reprove and correct. All scripture is useful. And I'm supposed to do that at an award show. Uh, yes, the Bible so, says if you don't give them, their blood is on your
0: hands. And, and in, so three you minutes, said, we, in three minutes. If I, I had three
1: minutes in front of the world, I would tell them that wrath is coming. They better repent. That's what I would tell them. Okay, so. Because what you did is just say to them, keep on singing the lullaby, everybody. See you later. Go to hell. That's what it was. Maybe That's you what it was. Maybe you didn't watch the no, same no, show. No, I watched it. you I want to love nobody but you with your nice little Michael Jackson moves. <laughs> sir sir you need to repent those moves will send people to hell sir my dance moves will send people not to hell not your dance moves but because you're not doing the right thing with your lips you honor God with your lips but your heart is for from fun sir if you love Jesus you would hate what is evil the Bible says love must be sincere hating what is evil and clinging to what is good
0: alright I'm gonna stop it right there um and it, it it basically goes on um Kurt actually invites the guy to go over scriptures afterwards and I I saw a video I didn't watch it I I, I saw a video where they actually did meet up afterwards so it looks like at least Kurt uh, followed through with his promise and so that was just a snippet there you can find it on YouTube very easily Um, so here's a couple things I want to say about that a um, it's amazing that Kurt even engaged the guy Um, the Bible uh, speaks of in first uh, Peter chapter 3 verse 15 he says be ready to give answers. So per, so perhaps Kurt was ready to give an answer. Um, in Titus, uh, Paul says though, so you, you engage a heretic uh, or acknowledge them. I wish I could quote it directly. Um, you acknowledge them twice and then you treat them as a heretic. So uh, this was their one encounter that I saw and then they met up afterwards. About the guy with the microphone. Uh, Yes, he was spouting scriptures, but we got to be careful of that because even Satan spouted scriptures to Jesus to tempt him after he had been fasting for 40 days and 40 nights. So just the mere fact that he's um, uh, uh, regurgitating scriptures and quoting scriptures does not impress me necessarily. It's the application of them and being able to put them in context. And from what I can tell, he was doing that. Uh, If you watch the whole clip. Uh, towards the end he kind of tells Kirk what he should have been saying which to me is going a little bit above and beyond and then at the end Kirk uh, reaches out to shake his hand and he invokes uh, the guy street preacher guy invokes the scripture in John where he says that you don't wish them Godspeed um, which is true but I don't know if in this instance um, it was applicable um, at the very least he could have done it as a good gesture And shook his hand and just said, I don't wish you Godspeed, though, or something like that. I think he could have shook his hand. Even still, Kurt, again, met with him. So um, props to Kurt for that. But in terms of the rebuke itself, I stand by it. I agree with it. You know, when Kurt um, wants us to uh, hear the gospel from Kanye West, um, a person who self-admittedly he calls himself Jesus, which is a play on, on Jesus, Um, We know that that's the one sin that Jesus says that cannot be forgiven. Jesus forgives all sin, but blasphemy against the Holy Ghost. And we know he is the Holy Ghost, um, cannot be forgiven. Call yourself God. And of course, yes, these are the things that they persecuted Jesus for because he called himself the son of God. And in their culture, calling yourself the son of something is calling you that something. So for him to Jesus to say that he's the Son of God is basically saying that he is God. John 10, 30, he said, My father and I are one. So they didn't understand it, so they persecuted Jesus for that. But for Kanye, someone who was born here on earth, not of a virgin birth, there's no prophecy of a Kanye West. For someone like that to call themselves Jesus, and then someone like Kurt to a join themselves with him. And if you saw a Saturday Night Live performance of their uh, partnership, their collaboration, at the end, Kanye West gets on the floor and he and he does some kind of demonic chant. Okay, I'm not making this up. Y'all can go look at go look at the clip. I don't have anything personal against Kanye. What I hate, I hate the devil. I hate Satan. I hate when he wants to mix the um, the sacred and the secular. That's exactly he wants to confuse the lines. He wants there to be a blur. He wants there to be shades of gray. He doesn't want there to be black and white. But we just read in Revelation where that's something that where Jesus says, I will spew you out of my mouth. And I use that um, to juxtapose that against in Numbers chapter 12, when uh, Miriam and Aaron are, are speaking against Moses. God tells them, first of all, he tells them to meet, meet me at the door. Then he tells them, I will speak to whoever I want to, and I will speak to them mouth to mouth. But here in Revelation, Jesus is saying, I will spew you out of my mouth because you're lukewarm. You're not choosing hot or cold. And I am i know I'm focusing on Kirk Franklin right now, but you all know who the, the number one gospel album was in 2018? They also won an award at the BET Awards, whatever weight that carries. Yeah, Snoop Dogg and his band of of gospel artists that that uh, pipe uh, followed behind the Pied Piper there. The Clark sisters, Shirley Caesar, Shirley Caesar. Uh, uh, I want to say Fred Hammond was on that, unfortunately. Um, That's just an unfortunate event. I know his motives might have been pure, but I'm sure as soon as he got done recording that in the studio, he went and blazed up at least one or two. At least, y'all know the man stays high. He stays high. He might have recorded the gospel music high. We don't know. We don't know. We just don't know. That's not something I would want to he- uh, come into my ears. I just don't. Not even to figure out what they're doing. I don't. Um, and it's just a shame that um, Satan has been able to creep up in the church like this. It's a shame that uh things like that have been able to get awards or whatever get recognition now back to Kurt. um <clears throat> what i was find find ironic or funny about that whole encounter is that on kirk's album uh the new nation project there's that interlude uh where uh this uh, elderly man is saying he he can't stand Kurt franklin's music in his video and and he's like, you know, if I saw him, I, I'd have to say something. And then they run into him and he's like, hey, man, hey, I, hey, I like what you're doing there. Hey, hey. And then he's like, you know what? I, I should have confronted him. Fix your wig. Su-Ellen, let's go talk to him. And so um, this is almost a real alive or, or real act of, of what he depicted in an interlude on his on his CD. Except for this guy with the—he had a megaphone. If you've seen the clip, this guy with the megaphone obviously was prepared. He was literally shouting at Kurt from across the street. Kurt went live on his camera phone and and went across the street and confronted the guy. So this was uh, somewhat different, but this is an example of Kurt getting rebuked to his face. And there's biblical examples for that. Paul said he had to resist Peter to his face. For something similar because Peter would congregate with the Jewish Christians, but not the Gentile. And we know Paul and Paul's calling was to the Gentiles. That's what God told Ananias uh, when, when he, right after Paul was blinded, knocked off his mule and, and told to go to Ananias' house. And God spoke to Ananias and says, I have a great uh, work for him to do among the Gentiles. So, um, Paul had to confront Peter. He said, I resisted Peter to his face. But even still, Paul was humble enough to say, I'm not even worthy to be called an apostle like Peter. So there was still that mutual respect between the two. And while I have respect for Kirk Franklin and everything he's accomplished, I'm not here sitting here trying to get famous off his name. Of course not. But um, I'm not trying to get famous at all. Um, but. He's the most prime example of what's wrong uh, in, in, in our society. What's wrong uh, with, with Christians in today's society that won't choose a side. You know, I hate using this example because I myself am a musician. But you in the club playing on Saturday, and then on Sunday morning, you're the, you're the minister of music. But you was in the club on Saturday. Whatever you was doing in the club, Okay. I don't know. Maybe you was in there winning souls. That's great. But if you weren't, and you were doing anything else, then I can't understand how you could even grace God's instrument. If that truly is God's instrument, you've perverted it. And there's a lot of people that are not here today because they take advantage of God's grace. One of my favorite scriptures is uh, Romans, Romans 6 and 1. Or that passage in Romans 6. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we that are dead in sin live any longer therein? There was no space for you to be a sinner. And just say that it's by God's grace that I'm saved. It's God's grace. Yes, God will forgive you 49 times a thousand. He will. If you mess up and then you're contrite in your repentance, but repentance is action. You got to have a change of heart and a change of mind. Then you got to walk right. Paul writes that if you walk in the spirit, you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. You won't get a case of the can't help it. You won't. If you're filled up with this Holy Ghost, I believe that I've seen it. Um, And I believe that to the fullest. No, I was not out in the world when I got saved. No, I was 10 years old. I was not. I I hadn't experienced the things that some adults, but I've seen and I've heard the testimonies of people that have changed their life completely around. That's not to say they didn't slip up and they'll admit that they might have slipped up in between. The difference is, is that they didn't take God's grace for granted. They knew that their days were numbered. And if you knew, if Kirk knew that his days were numbered, there's no way he would try to do what he was doing. No way. Oh, Chris, Chris, you don't know what God has for him to do. And I'm not speaking against what God has him to do because I don't know what God has for him to do. But like I said at the beginning of this, if there's one thing we can agree on, it's the word of God. God said heaven and earth will pass away before his word fails one jot or tittle of his word fails, then heaven and earth must pass away. So that's what we do know. That's what we can agree on. And God will never give you assignment that goes against his word. He can't. It's, it's against the law, his law. It's against the universe. It's against everything. He might tell you to go out and reach the loss. I'm all for that. I'm not saying stay in your little Kelby hole. I'm not saying Kirk should only be in, in his gospel studio making gospel music. Of course, he should reach the lost. That's the whole point. We're living this life to reach the lost. If we're not, then we're, we're we're living in vain. Of course, we're living to save ourselves. Peter says, save yourself from this untoward generation. But we're also to be the light. We're to be the light for somebody else. And we can't be the light if we're acting the same as the world. You just can't. Uh, one other scripture we didn't read was in 1 John chapter 1, verse 15. Very familiar. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If a man loved the world, the love of the Father is not in him. I find that very curious that people can say that they love God and then still do the things that are of the world. Now, what you define as world is up to you, but I think that's kind of cut and dry. Like we read in Revelation, you gotta be hot or cold. What is the world? Is is wearing Michigan gear, is that is that the world? You know, Michigan's in, uh, a, a state in the country that's in the world. So maybe I'm of the world because all my gear doesn't have a cross on it, maybe. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I don't believe that's, that is, it's not in who I don't. So somebody said it's not in him just to give an, an example or just to explain again, I'm doing a live podcast recording, uh, here, I got the garage band set up. This will go on my podcast, but I going to go live on Facebook at the same time. Um, <clears throat> so um, yeah, he said, love not the world, neither the things in the world. For me, that example, again, is that instead of going to Bible class, you'd rather go play basketball. Or instead of going to church on Sunday, you say, you know, I'm going to sit here on the couch and watch the uh, Colts play. Watch the Lions play. Watch the Raiders play. Watch whoever play. And you still call yourself saved. And you got a church to go to. Not, you know, you're, you're not a bed, bedside bat, Baptist. <clears throat> okay. The love of the father is not in him. Right. So that's that's one explanation, the love of the father. But I I don't know. In speaking in Kurt Franklin's uh, specific position, I'm sure he would say that he loves the father, Um, even though he said he lost his religion. I don't think he lost. He would say that he lost his faith in God. He said he lost his religion. Now, now that in and of itself is another topic, because James, we read out of James, James gives said tells you what perfect religion is. So we we can have a religion. I think what we need to stop doing is perverting and using the Bible to commit, manipulate and control people. Again, this is not a situation where I'm talking about manipulating and controlling people. If we love his word, if we read his word, and we read it to get an understanding, then we all... uh, Oh, okay, I got you, Chip. Then we all should uh, understand. We all can agree on it. We all can agree on it. I'm trying. So uh, let's, let's read that again about the perfect religion. I believe it's James 1... Pure religion, James 1, Pure religion and undefiled before God, the Father, is this, to visit the fatherless and widows in their affliction and to keep himself unspotted from the world. To keep himself unspotted from the world. Um, and as, as my uh, podcast is coming to an end, uh, I just want to thank everyone for tuning in. I will continue here live. If you're watching on Facebook live, I will continue, but I'm going to end this podcast right here. Thank you uh, again for tuning in to the podcast. I'll put a link uh, on the Facebook live and you can listen to this podcast. Thank you everybody on Facebook for tuning in. This has been helpful. Um, let's close this out uh, with the word of prayer the same way we opened it. Father God, it's in the name of Jesus. Lord God, we just thank you. We praise you for your word. Lord God, hide this in our hearts. Lord God, and bring it back to remembrance at that appointed time. These things we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless.